We love you so much. Thank you. Oh, okay. So I thought I remembered what I was thinking of. Um, you know, it, it's not about me, uh, but but there's somebody in our church that does this very frequently, and uh, they're, they're watching right now. And I'm just going to mention this. Um, uh, because Melanie was doing this today too. It, just talking good about something makes it better for you, you know. Um, just, just, and it's not that you're praising the person or, or, or whoever's come up with it, but the more you honor something, the more you get out of it. The more you value something, the more you get out of it. Um, you know, I, I think I, I think cars are great, but I don't. I'm sorry, I, I don't. <laughs> I mean, I, I got out, I, I pulled up next to this, I think it was like a, oh yeah, I was at the UPS store today, and, and I pulled up next, there was this, um, uh, it must have been a Porsche, I mean, you know, one of these new ones, it's, it's just those little sports cars, and I'm thinking, wow, that's pretty cool, but they crash just like every other car, you know, it's like, <laughs> you know, and it's like, <laughs> and you can't see out of them, you know, the, the only, and you can't put your guitar in the back seat, you know, and <laughs> And you can't put your dog in the back and take him for you know down to the lake. Or, <laughs> you can't even get out of it, you know. <laughs> so anyway, uh, but I'm sure if I got into Porsches and started seeing all the stuff about them and started talking with somebody that's a Porsche dude, uh, you know, I might. I don't know. I don't want to confess that over myself, but I might, you know, go for it, you know. <laughs> But God is that way. I mean, he, he's, he's the greatest of all Porsches, <laughs> you know? And, and I think some people are saying, well, he, he, you know, until you honor him, until you do that. And so we have an opportunity here, especially as the body of Christ together, to take every opportunity that we have and either make something of it. That's why I encourage us to, to say something to somebody else, something good that you got. It doesn't have to be about anybody, but getting something that God did for you because the more you do that, it's not about magnifying God. It's about magnifying what he's done for us to the point where we actually apply it to our life. There's no application of things that we don't honor. <laughs> you know, it just goes right on past us. So uh, it's kind of interesting. Uh, Melanie led prayer this morning, and, or this afternoon, I guess it is, at noon. And, uh, <laughs> and so we, we were talking on Sunday, remember, we were talking about uh, connecting and uh, one of the verses that I used on there was the, uh, his mercies are new every morning. So every day there needs to be an application of, of this, right? And so she was praying about that today. And uh, man, this is what, it, it, this was already on my plate. So uh, uh, I, I appreciate the reinforcement, you know, that, that's, that's good. Um, so I wanted to just talk about mercy because it, it's interesting to uh, praise God for his mercy, uh, you know, I, I was thinking about it this way because, you know, there's, I'm wanting to get really good at praising God. You know, it's like, it's kind of like playing the guitar. I don't want to just kind of do it. I, I want to get like really good at it. So back in the, in, in, in my day, it was the day of 11 on the amplifier. If you were a guitar player, you had to find 11 on the amplifier or you weren't really good, you know? And I kind of, I kind of uh, rejected all that and said, no, no amplifiers at all for me. I'm just going to use a classical guitar, you know. Uh, but, but I wanted to do it really well. And so, you know, I go to college and, and uh, 
the black sheep of the family. I didn't go to Bible college. I wouldn't study music, you know. <laughs> but you want to do you want to do things well, and it's like, well, if praising God is such a big deal. Why don't we kind of get good at it, you know? And so I'm I'm thinking of all the good things about God, and 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 He's amazing. He's a creator. He, he he's he's full of wisdom, and He's all these amazing things that have no worth at all without mercy. Because mercy is the key to take every other greatness about him, every other praise about him, and mercy connects it to us. Does that make sense? I think it's, I think it's critical. So, and again, I'm just trying to say, so it's interesting when you're going through the word of God, when that, that song that we just sang, it, it's, a, it's a psalm. For the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. Um, so how, how does that actually apply though? And, and I think we can just pull some stuff out that, that will help us. Uh, because in the magnifying of his mercy, the valuing of his mercy, there's a key to open up doors to the rest of him for us. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. It says, let's all say that again. Wow, that makes a lot of sense. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. I, like, I, I got one of those little things, you know, that you can respond on. And text messaging, I like it sometimes. It's got a guy's head blowing up, you know. <laughs> so uh, the power uh, value of a mercy song. So, so this song alone for me, like I was saying with my dad, it, it has a special meaning. It, it's like uh, the mercy of God applies to the healing that's in his life. So I, 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 because we just sang this song, I wanted to start off with this because... I will sing of thy power. I, we, just, we just use just, it's, it's the exact texting here. Yea, I will sing aloud of thy mercy in the morning. For thou hast been my defense and my refuge in the day of my trouble. You know, a lot of times David's talking about actual enemies that are coming against him, right? And sometimes for us, we don't have the actual enemy. We don't have, we're not dodging bullets or arrows or whatever else, but we have real stuff coming against us every day that we need the mercy of God for. And we'll see why the mercy is so necessary from our standpoint. And to thee, O oh my strength, I will sing, for God is my defense and the God of my mercy. So I like this. He's saying, it's not just going to be a praise, you know, that's like a, it's like the, the, the latest thing that you hear on the radio. Yeah, I like that song. That's really cool. That's a little bit of, you know, I keep getting it wrong. I keep saying Mustang, but it's uh, um, the other group it starts with an M. Uh, oh, brother. What? No, no, no. Man, you guys are missing it. That was supposed to be kind of funny. Maverick, there you go. See, I'm saying Mustang, and it's really Maverick, you know. <laughs> so, so what's cool about this is, though, it, it's, it's when a song comes out of your heart about an experience, and it, you're not just singing somebody else's song. That's what's so wonderful about, like, It Is Well, you know, uh, some of these songs that are so amazing. They're, it's wonderful for us to sing them, but can you imagine being the one that actually was singing it out of their heart from the first time? But, there, but there's that ability for us to, to have that. So that it, it might not sound like something that anybody else wants to sing. But, 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 but when there's, when there's a, a, a praise of God's mercy, it's not just a praise. It's a song. 
It's, it's like the release of your, of your soul's expression. Does that make sense? And, and there's a necessity for that. So the greatest praise, and I, and I kind of referred to this already, but Jeremiah talks about this. It says, thus says the Lord, again, there shall be heard in this place of which you say it is desolate without man and without beast. So what is he saying? Right now you're in a position that looks like it's hopeless. Aren't you glad that God declares something over us when we feel like we're in the middle of nothing? You know, when, when, we, when we don't have, I'm glad for the promises of God. And, and, and a, and, and a pr- prophetic word comes to these people. He says, even though you see and you're saying it right now, it is desolate without man and without beast in the cities of Judah, in the streets of Jerusalem that are desolate without a man and without inhabitant, without beast. It's, it's, it's a fact. You're not denying the fact. He said, but God has something else to say about it. The voice of joy. Don't you like this? It's not just the, the, the look of joy. It's the voice of joy. It'll make a sound. You can tell which team's winning. You know? You can, you can, you can flip on the Super Bowl at the end of the game, and you don't even have to see the scoreboard. Right? Sometimes, sometimes the cheerleaders, it's kind of funny to me, they act it seems like they don't even look at the scoreboard because they cheer like like their teams are winning all the time. You know, it's like they're just doing their they're just glad to be out there. You know, <laughs> but but for but you can look at the players and you can tell on the players what's really going on, right? Um, so, and it will be the voice of those who will say, "Don't you like this?" And so there's this understanding, and especially by faith, there's an ability to begin to say things when you recognize what God has already done, the victory that's already been won. You can start to say, praise the Lord of hosts, for the Lord is good, (laughs) right? And for his mercy endures forever. So I was trying to think, well, let me finish this passage and then... um, And of those who will bring the sacrifice of praise into the house of the Lord, for I will cause the captives of the land to return as at the first, says the Lord. There's the restoration, like Pastor Kim and I were sharing about. There's going to be a return of the things that were lost. And this this is what Jesus came to do for us big time. He's our redeemer. He's the one that bought us back, who, who made it. anything that was lost. He said, I, I'm here to make it yours again, right? So mercy's worth requires honoring pursuit. So lamentations, and this is the one that we looked at last week, but I'm going to get some stuff around it because it's very necessary. His mercies are new every morning, but you have to do something with them. So that's why it's so important to magnify the mercies of God. And when you do, it does. Some, it, it enables their power in your life. I already said this, but I like saying it again, so I will. So, so through the Lord's mercies, we are not consumed. And we'll see how important this is. I was in the Old Testament, especially in the wilderness, the children of Israel. They saw what God could do. You know? I mean, it's amazing to me that some of them still wanted to go back to Egypt after all that. But they saw all the plagues that were hitting the Egyptians and not hitting them. You know? 
They weren't there when all those firstborn were killed, but they knew about it, you know. Um, they, had the, they had God open up the sea before them, and they saw what happened to the army that tried to follow them. Wouldn't that make you kind of scared of this kind of a God, you know? And remember the, the Korah and the family of Korah? What were they doing? They were coming against the Lord's anointed, weren't they? <laughs> I think David took a clue from Korah. You know, he said, I'm not going to touch the Lord's anointed. Why? Because what happened to them? The earth opened up and swallowed them all in, you know? <laughs> so I believe in the Old Testament, when they're talking about God's goodness and his mercy, they're saying, we depend on it completely because we don't deserve it at all, right? So Lamentations is talking about this. It says, through the Lord's mercies, we are not consumed. You know, I... <laughs> The more, the more you magnify the mercies of God, the more in awe of God you become. And the more trembling you are in his presence. And, and realizing that if not for the blood of Jesus as a demonstration of God's mercy towards us, we're just consumed. And you might live through this life, but this life is not what it's all about, you know? And there's a, there's a, there's a heaven and there's a hell. And for the church especially, man, it, it should shake us to the core of our being. What am, how am I living my life? What am I even thinking about? You know, especially in this time of fasting, it's not just about food. It's about everything else. That's why we're doing this is to say, God, show me where there's something in between me. I was thinking about this way. God doesn't get to be our God along with other gods. I mean, that's kind of common thought, right? But if there's something else in my life, and food can be that. And I was thinking, I'm feeling pretty good. And the only thing that's really bothered me is I like to eat. My belly is my God. You know? I like Snickers. I like all those kinds of things, you know? I like chips. I'll, I'll down a bag of chips. I love chips, you know? But what, what has my attention as God? Okay, let me keep going. Through the Lord's mercies, we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. So this is the cool thing about God. He is faithful every day. He does show up with mercy every day. He says, ah, I want to pour out some mercy. I want to pour out some mercy. <laughs> and who does he pour it out to? The one who values it, the one who magnifies it, the one who says, because of your mercy, I tremble before you and choose not to do something that my flesh tells me to do, right? Because that's what he says right here. The Lord is my portion. I looked up portion there because I, I'm thinking, you know, when I think of portion, <laughs> I think about like uh, those places where you can go and tell them how much to put on your plate. You know, <laughs> I'm thinking that's the kind of portion I like. But when I'm looking at the actual meaning of, of the word portion here, it, it says it's my inheritance. That says that you are where I put my hope. So who are the mercies good for? The ones who say my inheritance, my expectancy is in the Lord. Right? And, and, he, and, and I like this. He says, I'm not, my, my soul says this. 
This, this is an expression of my soul. Let's make a song out of that. <laughs> if I was a Beatle, you know, I would, the group Beatles, um, I would write a really good song on the Lord is my portion. Hey, I'm me. I can write. Okay. Therefore, I hope in him. The Lord is good to those who wait for him. What do you wait for? You know, it's like Michael was saying, he doesn't like on these apps, you know, where you have to fill in your information, you know, and, and sign up for something. He said, I don't like to do all that. It's, a, it's not that big a deal to me. If it is, though, and that's what it requires to actually get some, the new car or whatever you, you want, you're going to go through what's a, a, a bigger value to get to it, right? Does that make sense? <laughs> so you will wait it's, it's like um, <laughs> Andy Griffith did a song, Waiting on a Woman. Anybody ever? <laughs> you know, the thing is, you know, first, when he, when he first met, you know, his girlfriend, you know, he, they're both at the mall. And, he, and you know, he's, he's waiting on this girl to show up, you know, and he sits down next to Andy Griffith, and Andy Griffith says, yeah, I've been waiting on a woman all my life, you know. It's like, you will wait for what is of value to you. You will, you will because it's more important to you than whatever else you got on your plate. And, and the more their value that's there, the more you're going to let something else go to get it. Does that make sense? Yeah. The Lord is good to who? Those who say, I'm putting everything else aside right now, and I'm going to see what God has to say for me. Amen? To the soul who seeks him. So there's a necessity uh, for mercy, not to just sing about mercy, but for it every day to become a praise. Something that we're magnifying. The, the, the subject of his forgiveness for us needs to be exalted. You know, we just want to have God give us stuff, you know. I, I like God, you know, providing the needs and all that kind of stuff, you know. But the biggest thing is his mercy. You know, you, you start magnifying his mercy... Everything else gets in line. But if you're not magnifying his mercy, it's really easy to get in to I deserve something based upon what I've done. And you disable because, okay, getting ahead of myself. So what mercy? Ephesians 2, 1 through 7. So what is this mercy that we need? And so you, this, I like this because it actually lets you know how much you require this mercy, right? And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins. You know, I think as Christians, we have to revisit this. We have to look to the pit from which we came in order to not go back to it. You know? How easy it is for people to start feeling like they got it made and they slide right back into the same things that got them there in the first place, right? You he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. He said this stuff is not just you choosing to do something else. It's you serving Satan. You know, it's, it's like uh, Tucker had this guy on there, some kind of Satan worshiper guy that has a class after school for kids now. And it's like they're showing all these demons and, 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 
and goats and <laughs> and all this stuff. You know, it's like, it looks so yeah. Oh, that that's something that oh man, that's really out. And you know what? We are not that far away from those same things if we're serving our passions and serving what the what the world is telling us to serve, right? <laughs> he says, you're not, just, you're not just choosing to do something that you think is okay to do and you're going to be forgiven of. You're serving the spirit of darkness, yeah. right? right? So this is where we were, and among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as the others. But God, who is rich in what? Mercy. Because of his great love which, with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses. He says, before we did anything. I love this. This is, the, this is what love does. It chooses to act a certain way before the encounter is even taken. Made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. And raised up us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus that is in the ages to come. He might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. He's saying, you were that way. And when you were in the middle of it, Jesus came and redeemed us from that so we would not have to be in that anymore. Yes. And if you don't value that, you can go back to it. Even though the price has been paid. Amen? And it's wonderful to see this, though. It's, it's, it's never something that we have to earn. It's always something we've been given before we did anything. Amen? Seeing the riches of his mercy as being something that is way beyond any earthly wealth or gratification. Activated love to the degree of mercy's worth. Y'all doing okay? This is a wonderful story. Remember, this is about the the lady that that, uh, opened up the alabaster box that was priceless. I don't know how much it's worth, you know, in our today, but, you know, it probably depends on anybody's uh, uh, standard of living, I'm sure. But for her, it was a lot of money. And for somebody like uh, um, Judas, he thought it was a waste. You're just pouring it out. But for her, she was valuing something that was post what she had already received. And if, and if you'll see what happened, uh, because of God's love, he acted. Because of the reception of love, we will act. What is, what is the only thing that Jesus said we're supposed to do? We're supposed to love, right? I think a lot of us have a challenge in that area. It's the biggest thing we've been given to do is love. And if we'll, we'll look at this story, I think it's really helpful to see an activation of love comes with the reception of mercy. The reception of mercy opens up the door to an act of love that you can never have without it. This is really good, okay? <laughs> so, so Jesus, he's just had her do this for him, right? And, it, and it's, it's, it's a demonstration of her love. But what is it a response to? It's the response to the reception of mercy from him. Now, here's the wonderful thing about this. 
It's not acquiring mercy by pouring this out. It's a response to mercy already received. Do you see that? And this is a key for us. There is the greatest thing we can do in life is not receive from God, but pour our life, our life out unto God. Amen? <laughs> it's, it's always backwards. We just think if, if, if I just had enough, then I could give more. And, he's, and he's, God says, no, look at, look at the little lady that's just given a tiny bit. She's given what she has, you know? Therefore, I say to you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much. Now, sometimes, if you're not careful, you can see this backwards. You can see this as if she loved much, so her sins were forgiven much. No, no, she was able to love much because she valued how much she'd been forgiven. Now, you can think, well, she's a prostitute. You know, she has a lot. No, no, none of us. None of us are even close. All of our righteousness is as rags that are used once a month. That's what it's referring to. Filthy rags. Right? And it's, it, it, until we recognize that with a broken heart before God and say, man, your mercies are just, we are unable to pour out much love. The act of it, you know, this was, a, this was an actual giving of, a, of, a, of an item that had worth, but our lives to be poured out the way they need to be poured out, that we get the greatest purpose and value for our life. It doesn't happen until we elevate the magnitude of mercy. In fact, they go hand in hand. The ability to love is limited to the ability to honor the mercy received. Amen? That's good, isn't it? But to whom little is forgiven, the same loves little. Isn't that interesting? Well, so then you would think, well, no, you can just love first. Love's a, you know, what the world needs now is love. You know what the world needs? It, it, it doesn't need to go back into somebody's past and find something that they did wrong and disable them from being able to do anything again the rest of their life. It's not about labeling somebody because of the way they look, telling them they can't do anything. No, it's mercy. It's a preparation ahead of time. And, and what that mercy is for us is a demonstration of love. That we've received. And, and it's contingent upon its magnified praise. It's like we were saying at the beginning. You can't, you can't apply something of value until you praise it. Until you honor it. Amen? And the, the, the magnitude of God's mercy... It's great whether we ever look that way or not, but we are limited to its application in the most critical areas of our life until we receive, until we magnify its value. All right. 
I go on and on. 1 John 3.18, the activity of love is contingent upon confidence in God's mercy. This is just validating what I'm saying. My little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. So this has to come out from who you actually are, right? And by this we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. For if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart and knows all things. But this next part, beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence toward God. And whatever we ask, we receive from him because we, re- we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. So what I'm seeing in this passage is so necessary for this. It's kind of like the grace message that says, God, you can never do anything wrong again. The problem with that is, you know that you've done something wrong. Your conscience knows. You know? Uh, your, your heart knows. And the only way to, to prepare the heart to where it can actually be confident towards God is to receive of his mercy. And now your heart is convinced that it's right before God now. Amen? And now it, you, you can't talk it out of having confidence towards God then. But you see how every day it requires this. Re- go in there. Go in there. Because we are human. We're, we're, we're living in, in, you know, I believe that we can, we, can, we can live better. We can be perfected. You know, that's what our promise is in the New Testament. He's calling us to be perfected in him. Right? But... That perfection only comes with an attitude of repentance and saying, God, I stand before you completely dependent on your mercy for everything in the past even. And so who am I to come to you and act like I deserve anything at all? Amen? Okay. Just a little bit more. All right. So this is actually the the key to us overcoming in other areas of our life. So it's like I said, you you open up the the area of mercy from God. And, and you know, we're we're having a difficulty in a lot of different areas of our life. We might be having, you know, financial, health. Uh, You know, it's interesting to me. Most of the time when Jesus healed somebody, he would say, and your sins are forgiven. Wasn't that interesting? Why? Because mercy is connected to everything else of God that's a blessing, especially healing. Because somebody that that's, uh, has an infirmity of some kind, there's a condemnation that comes with it that says that you are deserving of that for some reason, or you are a lesser person because of this, or you can't do something else because you are in, afflicted with some kind of infirmity, Right? And God, Jesus comes along and he says, first of all, let's take care of mercy. Be be it known that you are forgiven. That's what he really got in trouble for too, right? He said, you can heal people and stuff, but don't go telling them they're forgiven. Why? Because that's the key to everything. You know? (laughs) And that's something only God can do and we can because he's come to live inside of us. But he gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists who? The proud. Who is the proud? The one that says, it's not because of mercy. It's because of something I've done. I can merit this somehow, right? 
but he gives grace to the humble. One of the most powerful things. And you can say, I'm more humble than you are. Right? Because <laughs> I've always I've wondered about that. How do you humble yourself before God? I think it. I think this is a real cool trick. Don't you like those, like those, I get these emails all the time that if you just do this, you'll lose weight, you'll lose 20 pounds, you know, it's like, but then they make you go watch a video that's like 30 minutes long, and it's like, I don't, I don't watch all that thing. I give up, you know. I don't know what they're thinking, you know, making people wait, and, and you can't fast forward, you can't, you have to sit through the whole, okay, anyway. <laughs> But there's a trick we've been given, I believe, in what we've heard tonight for humility. And it's and humility is a key. God says, I resist. I, how many want God resisting you? Man, I, I, I've been watching some of this football. You know, these guys are monsters. They're, they're huge. I'm thinking, I'd be... I remember playing football just in high school and having, uh, having some big, you know, a, a defensive end coming across the line. I'm supposed to block that guy? You know, it's like, you know. <laughs> this is overwhelming, <laughs> right? But he gives more grace to the one who submits to God. That's just saying I just, I give in that you are the one. I give in that you, the only reason I'm in your presence is because of the blood of Jesus. I give in to that. I just set aside everything else about me that would be something that I could really be confident in. And I say that I only exist. My eternal life is only there because of your mercy. Amen. And what that does is it causes your heart to get close to somebody like that. You know? This is a key in relationships. It's a key in relationships. The, the, the way to bridge a gap in a relationship isn't to, to magnify the problems or magnify the, the, the issues. Mercy. Mercy covers. Mercy makes a difference. Now, it's not like the uh, issues need to be dealt with. But how will they be? I'm so glad that God doesn't just come down and say, if you will get this right, we can hang out. <laughs> While we're dead in our trespasses, he says, no, I'm already there for you. I forgive you ahead of time, right? And it's a key that we have to, we have to get it from God. But one of the best ways to fix a relationship issue is to receive a relationship issue from God. Because as soon as we begin to receive mercy, it enables us to give it. One of the biggest treasures we have to give is not our wisdom. It's our heart of forgiveness. Amen? So therefore, submit yourself to God. And don't you like this? And when you do that, you know, it, sometimes you wonder what the real scriptures were saying. But I think in the process of submitting to God, that's when you're... Resisting the devil. Why? Because the devil wants to get you into pride. He wants to get you into thinking that you, you have something to say about something. That I know how it should be. No, you don't. God does. Right. You know? <laughs> and so, as long as you're saying, I know, 
You are on the side of the devil. But when you submit and you say, mercy, I receive mercy, I give mercy, you're resisting the devil. You're resisting pride. You're resisting the thing that God comes against. Amen? And then he has to flee. You know, it's not just about saying, I resist you in the name of Jesus. When you have, what does it say? When you stand praying, do what? Forgive. Why? Because you don't have no authority when you're not in forgiveness. Right? <laughs> and again, you're not going to forgive until you're receiving. The way we get into forgiveness is the reception of it. The reception of mercy. So that there's a praise of the mercy of God that needs to become our daily practice. Amen? So in the process of this, then we are drawing near to the God of mercy. And he will draw near to you. You cleanse your hands, your sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. How you do that? You do that in the mercy of God. Amen? And your heart is made to know that it's right with God. Praise God. Hallelujah. You know, I, I, the, 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 the principle of forgiveness and, and mercy, it will bring deliverance that no hands being laid on will ever bring. Because you can go and experience a moment of deliverance and go back, and all you are is an empty house ready for more to come in. But if you learn to be occupied by the mercy of God, God doesn't occupy a space that's full of, of strife and division. He occupies a space where his mercy abides. And where his mercy occupies, everything else has to go. So, praise God, we thank you for this tonight. Lord, we praise.